Coming to you live from the Republic of Texas and broadcasting around the world, this is the Max McGuire Show. This is our last chance to take this country back. That's true. Listen, it doesn't matter that Joe Biden is losing his mind. He still betrayed this country. Come on, man. So get ready, because the Max McGuire Show starts right now. Welcome back to another edition of the Max McGuire Show. Big episode today. I know it seems like we've been talking about abortion every day for the past week. Well, it's a big issue, and it's something I'm very passionate about, so I've been more than happy to talk about it. And I suspect we'll probably be talking about it more and more in the coming days and weeks, especially once the Supreme Court finally releases this ruling, which, fingers crossed, it is the draft ruling that got leaked. Today, though, I want to talk about the ramifications for what the left has decided to do the ramifications for their attempt to vilify not just the Supreme Court, but conservatives as a whole, and what their next plan is, because they're already revealing what their game plan is. And it's actually very interesting because it reveals that they were unsuccessful. Yes, yesterday we covered a few small protests, one in front of um, Kavanaugh, Justice Kavanaugh's house, another one in a church in L.A., one in a, chur- a church in New York, These were protests, and yeah, they were vile, they were disgusting. If you haven't watched yesterday's episode, I highly suggest that you watch it just to see what we are up against, because it is pure evil. Yes, they have, they waged some protests over the weekend, but they did not get the groundswell of support that they expected. Anytime you talk to a liberal about this, they say, oh, well, six in ten Americans want Roe versus Wade to stay the same. What you notice was that over the weekend, six in ten Americans were not in the streets, six and ten Americans were not protesting in churches, in front of churches, in front of Supreme Court justices' homes, because that statistic is pretty bunk. When you look at the statistics dealing with uh, abortion in the United States, you actually ask people specifics about it. Well, do you think abortion should be legal after the point at which an unborn child can feel pain, after which an unborn child can survive outside the womb, after the heart, the unborn child's heart starts beating, you notice that more and more Americans do not support abortion past those dates. So when you see the left talking about these statistics, they are clumping in all the statistics together. They don't want you to know that a majority of Americans either want Roe versus Wade abolished or want restrictions that would essentially abolish Roe versus Wade. Because as I've talked about on the show, Roe versus Wade set up this whole scheme out of thin air for how to measure whether abortion would be legal or not based on viability. The majority of the American people, whether they know it or not, want Roe versus Wade abolished because they do not believe that abortion should be legal before 27, 28 weeks. Most Americans find somewhere between that six weeks and 21 weeks, or they want it abolished altogether. So the left has realized that they do not have the support they need to get what they want done, done. Namely, threatening conservatives, threatening these justices, and winning in the midterms. Remember, the left said after this leak, oh, this is going to secure us the midterms. Well, what they realized was that the, the majority of the American people don't care about this. They care about dinner table politics, the politics that affect their ability to, to manage a budget, right? Put food on the table, save for their kids' college or their retirement. Those are the things that the American people care the most about, not whether or not someone should be able to kill a baby that is developed enough to survive outside the womb and grow into adulthood. And that's why the Democrats are terrified. I have this as the title 
um, on Rumble. It's the left knows they're losing and they're terrified. Here, I had to cut down the characters on the video screen. Dems know they're losing. That makes them dangerous. It's true. Whether you're talking about a Democrat or when you're, whether you're talking about a rabbit or wild animal, the same principles apply. When they are cornered, when they believe they are cornered, that is when they are most dangerous. That is when they are most likely to strike. See, in that regard, Democrats and rabbit animals have a lot in common. So they believe that they are cornered because they've built up their entire Democrat political system on the backs of abortion's important. That goes away. They're toast. They're toast. So they realize that, that they are about to lose so much more than just one court decision. They, and they realize that the coalition they expected to be there to fight for them isn't there. Well, Democrats do what they always do. Usually you have to wait for a presidential election year for them to do it, but they start widening that coalition. They start trying to form a coalition of people who have nothing in common, but are simply voting for the same candidate out of fear that something's going to happen to them if they don't. This is how Democrats have managed to, over the years, have managed to get support from blue-collar union workers and big, big, big business owners, right? I mean, how can you claim to have support from the wealthiest of the wealthy and simultaneously speak for the little guy? It never made sense. And we've seen with Trump, that coalition crumbled. Blue collar workers ran from the Democrat party and they ran into Trump's waiting arms. Well, the Democrats are trying to build a coalition here because simply ginning up anger over an abortion ruling isn't enough. And they know it's not enough. Because inflation out of control. So today's episode is going to go through the coalition they're trying to build. And we can see it plain as day because it's right in front of us. It's right in front of us. Okay, let's go ahead and, and play this first cut. Well, before we get to that, I, I have to give Jen Psaki a chance. Because she clarified yesterday that she doesn't support the aggressive protest happening in front of Supreme Court justices' homes. Which... Again, kudos. That probably took a lot. The problem is, immediately after that, she said that she understands the anger and the passion behind it. Which, again, if Trump had said something like this, if Trump had said, I condemn the protesters in Charlottesville, but I understand their passion, they would have gone nuclear. The left, the, left, the media would have gone nuclear. Instead, Jen Psaki gets away with it. I want to play, with it, play this just so you can see what it is we're dealing with. Let's play cut number one. We have not seen violence uh, or vandalism against Supreme Court justices. We have seen it at Catholic churches. That's unacceptable. The president does not support that. We have seen it at some conservative organizations that we don't support that. And we certainly call for, we know the passion, we understand the passion, we understand the concern. But what the president's position is, is there that is. that should be peaceful, the protest. We understand their passion. We understand their concern. We don't like what they're doing, but we understand their passion. That is pretty much as much gaslighting as you can get on this issue so let's get into this i want to play that just because we gotta know the developing narrative and i thought she was gone i thought they already handed over the reins i'm surprised she's still there so let's get it let's get into this what the left is going to do the coalition they are building because they realize leading with just this abortion issue isn't going to be enough and like every democrat fear-mongering scare tactic the goal that they always have is to convince people that there is an existential crisis. You've heard this so often. Usually they talk about it in terms of climate change. When you hear the term existential crisis, what they're actually saying is the thing that they're talking about threatens your very existence. 
the word existential. So they need to convince a bunch of different people who don't agree on much that if they don't support Democrats, they don't support leftism, their existence itself will be threatened. Here's from Mother Jones. Mother Jones put out an article that says, quote, headline says, protesters showed up outside Kano's home and the tone police lost its mind. I'm more interested in the subtitle, quote, asking for civility in the face of systemic violence is playing right into the oppressor's hand, end quote. So they claim that, that it's ridiculous for any of us to show outrage over the fact that they are protesting in front of Supreme Court justices' homes. But in the very next line, right below that headline, they say it's unreasonable to expect protesters to be civil in the face of systemic violence. Everything's violence. That's how they justify their actions. They're not just dealing with five Supreme Court justices putting words to paper. No, that draft decision was violence. Therefore, it justifies in-kind violence. And this is how the left plays. It goes all the way back before this, but all the way back to Yvette Falarka in, in California. She ran this organization by any means necessary. Bam. And she was arrested for punching a Trump supporter in the face. And when she was brought before the judge, she argued that it shouldn't be assault. It shouldn't be a crime because she was just punching Nazis. This is the la This has been brewing under the surface in the left for probably over a decade. Now it's coming out. Now they're not afraid to hide this anymore. They believe they have enough support in the media, in politics, and in big corporations that they can get away with this without having to fear anything. So that's Mother Jones saying, don't expect civility when there's a systemic violence against them. Lori Lightfoot, who I affectionately call Mayor Beetlejuice, she put out two tweets yesterday. It said, quote, to my friends in the LGBTQ+, community. Remember, you only have so many characters on Twitter. You got to use that plus. To my friends in the LGBTQ community, the Supreme Court is coming for us next. This moment has to be a call to arms. We will not surrender our rights without a fight, a fight to victory, end quote. So not only did she say there's going to be a fight, but she actually used the term call to arms, which if you'll remember, Donald Trump was impeached for using much milder language. Things like give them hell and, and go protest peacefully. Here we have the mayor of Chicago. And yeah, I get it. I get it. You, you don't want, she's Mayor Beetlejuice. I mean, fine. But remember, there's a lot of guns in Chicago. There's a lot of gun crime. So you can't take something like this. Uh, you have to take it seriously. Call to arms because the Supreme Court's coming to for the LGBTQ plus. It's kind of like Disney plus, CNN plus. I keep expecting for the LGBT movement to release their streaming service. Anyway, that's Lori Lightfoot. But you'll remember after January 6th, Lori Lightfoot put out this tweet. Again, the pearl clutching. Quote, I am in disbelief with what is unfolding in D.C. right now. President Trump and his enablers incited this violence. Shame on every elected official in Congress and elsewhere who has fomented this anti-democratic insurrection by extremism. Extremists, this is not democracy. This is a disgrace. Again, taking that off, putting her tweet back on, call to arms. Well, if that's not fomenting violence, I really don't know what is. But yeah, I mean, we get, we, Lori Lightfoot, she's a politician. 
And it's easy to forget that Lori Light is a person. And I call her Mayor Beetlejuice. I get it. I make fun of her because looks like Beetlejuice a little bit. It's easy to forget that Lori Lightfoot is actually a person and she has feelings. So I want to take this moment to show Lori Lightfoot's family picture because she comes from a really adorable family. She, she comes from an adorable family. And everyone listening to the audio version, this is Lori Lightfoot as a baby being held by parents Beetlejuice and E.T. the extraterrestrial. Okay, that's not fair. I, I know, I know, I'm, I'm bad. Made fun of Lori Lightfoot when I, when I couldn't. Let, let's take a look at what the insurrection that Lori Lightfoot's calling for, the call to arms, what it actually looked like. This is Lori Lightfoot last Halloween, the Halloween before that. Uh, what she called herself, Captain Rona. Yeah, so yeah, it's laughable, right? You, you look at this woman, she's a clown. She's, she's a heavily entrenched Democrat politician. Even when she pisses off leftists, she still gets away practically murder. But those tweets that she put out still exist. Call to arms for the LGBTQ plus community. We will not surrender our rights without a fight. Without a fight. And it's not just Lori Lightfoot. It's not just Lori Lightfoot claiming that LGBT gays are next. This is advocate.com. This is cut seven. Advocate.com put out a commentary. Headline, quote, after Roe. Here's the GOP, GOP plan to kill marriage equality and LGBT rights, end quote. So they're again, they're trying to build this coalition that it's not just women. It's not just women who, who uh, have to be concerned about the Supreme Court's actions. They're claiming that, you, they ha, they ha, that gay people have to be concerned too because they're coming after you next. They're coming after you next. And in this bit about marriage equality, it's important to mention there is a growing trend among leftists to claim that the Supreme Court will next abolish interracial marriage. That is the claim. They are claiming that after reversing Roe versus Wade, the Supreme Court will set into motion a plan to reverse and abolish interracial marriage, the ability for black people and white people or people of different races to marry freely. Their claim is without evidence. In order for the Supreme Court to rule on such a case, there would have to be a case that would reach the Supreme Court. And it's hard to imagine any district court or circuit court possibly entertain such an idea. There are also no laws in this country prohibiting interracial marriage. There's also the, the 14th Amendment. There's also the Civil Rights Act, which explicitly prohibits cities, towns, states from discriminating against people on the basis of their race or ethnicity. So there is, there's no avenue. Even if people wanted to ban interracial marriage, there is no avenue to do so. But the more hilarious part of this is that the Democrats are claiming that Clarence Thomas and the conservative justices want to abolish interracial marriage when Clarence Thomas is himself in an interracial marriage. You, you can't make this up, people. Clarence Thomas his, his wonderful wife, who, Ginny Thomas, who the left hates, he is black, she is white. They are in an interracial marriage. So where is this push by Clarence Thomas to abolish his own marriage? They are happily married. <laughs> I could see if someone was really, like, hated their marriage, that they could <laughs> set into motion some plan to get rid of it. But no, they are happily married. But the left doesn't want you to see this photo. It's much easier for them just to claim that the Supreme Court is coming after interracial marriage. So it's not just that they're coming after the gay community. 
They're also coming after African Americans and all races for that matter, their ability to marry freely across different races, ethnicities. It really is incredible. CNN put out an article clumping it all together. And their article says, quote, Roe's leak may impact how Supreme Court decides gun rights, climate, immigration cases this spring. So yes, there are other cases on the horizon that the Supreme Court will rule on shortly. The next big one is, as, as, um, as CNN says, a gun case. It's the New York Rifle and Pistol Association versus Bruin. B-R-U-E-N, I believe it's pronounced Bruin. This is a case challenging New York's de facto ban on concealed carry. Now, in, in rural parts of New York, in upstate New York, it's, it's a little bit easier to get a concealed carry permit. But in the city of New York, New York City, in the boroughs, it is next to impossible unless you are a judge, unless you are very well politically connected, or you handle a lot of cash or a lot of valuables. Unless you fit that, those molds, um, I, I always joke you have to be sleeping with a judge. Unless you fit that mold, you do not get a concealed carry permit in New York City. This is a case challenging the legitimacy of what is essentially a de facto ban. New York, like other states, requiring that people show a good reason to need to exercise their Second Amendment rights before they are allowed to do so. So that case is coming down, and the question is whether it's going to be a narrow or a broad ruling, because it's very obvious that New York's ban on concealed carry will fall. Will it be a ruling that is narrow, that just applies to New York City or just applies to certain areas, or will it be broad, and will it take down the other eight or nine states that still have may issue, may issue, M-A-Y, may issue concealed carry laws. That's the idea that even if you hit, hit all the other statutory requirements, a judge or a police chief could still deny you. It, there's no guarantee you'll get a permit. They just may issue it. And I go through all of this in my book, The Conservative's Guide to Winning Every Gun Control Argument. This was a proof copy, which is why it has the not for resale on it. Take, my, take their sweet time, get me my real copies. This is available on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. I go through all of these issues when, as it relates to the Second Amendment, all of these cases, all of the upcoming cases, and pretty much break down every single argument you could come across if you're debating gun rights or the Second Amendment with a leftist. Um, so I put my heart and soul into this. If you want to support the, the channel, support me. Lots of people have asked how they can do so. You can buy my book available at Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Links are in the description. So you can see here, this is Every Town for Gun Safety. They are a gun control organization that is owned by Michael Bloomberg. It's his little pet project. And they put out a tweet saying, abortion isn't the only thing at risk this Supreme Court term. NSRPA versus Bruin could put countless lives in even more danger at a time when our gun violence crisis is getting even worse. The NRA is asking the Supreme Court to force more guns into more public places. Again, it's a lie. The NRA is not a party to the suit. They are people um, from the New York State <coughs> Rifle and Pistol Association. It's not the National Rifle Association that is party to the suit. These are people who are, are fighting for their rights. And now I believe that the NRA... Um, ILA did put out a brief, uh, an amicus brief, a friend of the court brief, but they are not a party. So it's a lie right there. But you see how it's putting even more lives in danger. So we, we've covered it. They, they're, the leftist claim it's going to, Supreme Court's going after gay community, black community. Now pretty much everyone, because you're just going to be shot dead. Good luck. Going to be shot dead. You see, see what they're doing? In Denver. In Denver, they are passing a new concealed carry ban that would ban guns from being carried in parks, city buildings, and other city-owned properties, trying to restrict where you can defend yourself. 
if this passes, I think we can expect that's where the muggings, not in city buildings, but in parks. If you're not allowed to defend yourself in parks, I don't know why anyone would go jogging through a park at night. <laughs> that's probably where the crimes are going to be committed, but not just Denver. Also in Boulder. Boulder is, is considering a similar bill that would heavily restrict where people can carry. So they're preparing for the Supreme Court ruling by saying that, hey, the Supreme Court is going to say we don't have the right to stop you from carrying, but we're going to instead restrict where you can carry. Where you can carry. And I find this very interesting because the left is speaking out of both sides of their mouth on this issue. On the one hand, they are blowing the whistle that if Roe versus Wade is re reversed, that cities and states will pass laws basically restricting rights. That's the left's claim. But at the same time, they are preparing to do the same thing for when the Supreme Court releases their New York State Rifle and Pistol Association ruling. They, they are passing laws preparing for the new reality where Americans are allowed to exercise their constitutional rights, not by banning them, but by putting heavy restrictions on them. So I, I look at things and I see the hypocrisy of it. And it's just, I've, I always find it very interesting. I always say that word over and over again. That's kind of like my version of a Southern um, saying of bless your heart. And I, that's very interesting. Uh, that's, that's a nice way of, of saying that they're full of crap. But that's the left, right? That's the left. They, on the one hand, are blowing the whistle over states preparing legislation in the eventuality that Roe versus Wade is overturned. And they are doing the same thing to prepare for Supreme Court ruling, allowing people to carry guns as the Second Amendment protects. CNN also goes into this issue of climate. There's a Supreme Court case where I think there's like 22, 24 states that have sued the federal government claiming that the Environmental Protection Agency has exceeded its authority. It doesn't have the right to do what it's doing. And it, it would take an act of Congress to push some of these environmental regulations on the American people, on the states. So you see here, CNN is going beyond just, oh, you're going to get shot. Now you're going to get killed by rising tides, by, by dirty air, dirty water. That's the next bit of fear-mongering that they're bringing down. And then they talk about immigration cases. Immigration cases, because it's not enough just to say that uh, the ban on, on marriage equality or interracial marriage would affect Hispanics. Now they're quite literally claiming that the Supreme Court is about to kick a bunch of Hispanics out of the country. Again, building up this coalition, because it isn't enough for the Democrats to roll into September with just people who care about abortion, who care about the right to kill babies after their heart has developed, after they can feel pain, after they can survive outside the womb, if given the opportunity, that's not enough. They need to build a bigger, bigger coalition. I mean, it's so disgusting. It really is disgusting, but this is what they're doing. This is what they're doing. Before we get off of the gun bit, I find this very interesting too. <laughs> um, this is an old picture, but this sign has been post has been uh, showing up more and more at protests, at rallies. This claim that quote, "I dream women one day will have the same rights as guns," that really isn't true. Um, it, it's completely nonsense. But they claim it, right? They claim it. No one forces women to undergo a background check in order to get an abortion. No one's talking about that. <laughs> I mean, like, come on. It's very obvious that these are not the same issue, but they claim they, they make the lies. They lie, lie, lie because they think that they can score some point. So not to get off the issue of race too quickly, but Politico has warned 
that Brown versus Board of Education will be the next to fall. They're claiming that we're going to get dragged back into like Plessy versus Ferguson. This is insanity. Again, in order for the Supreme Court to overturn Brown versus Board of Education, the idea that schools cannot discriminate on the basis of someone's skin color and, and refuse to allow African Americans in, in order for that to happen, there need to be a school that did that. A public school that did that. Show me a public school that is segregating. Show me a city or a state that is, is going back to the age of busing. It's not happening. And even if it did happen, it would have to take a district court and an appellate court and an unbonk appellate decision before the Supreme Court would even weigh in on this. So this claim that, oh no, you don't support Democrats right now, they're going to segregate the schools once again. It would be laughable if it wasn't working, if there weren't people who believed this, who truly believed that this is what was next. Salon.com put out an article saying that Republicans aren't even bothering to lie about anymore. They are now coming for birth control. Coming for birth control. And I found this very funny in the Salon article. They have a quote that says, as much as they insist that they aren't coming for contraception, dot, 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 they are coming for contraception. So they admit in the article that everyone they've asked, they, they've said, no, we're not doing this, but they've still created this arg argument, this article on the nonsense belief that no, they're coming for birth control. And the reason that they're claiming this is because Roe versus Wade used a similar legal argument a similar legal argument as another case known as Griswold v. Connecticut. Talked about this last week. Griswold v. Connecticut was a Planned Parenthood-backed lawsuit challenging Connecticut's. They were the second to last ban in the country on contraceptives, challenging their ban on contraceptives. And what the Supreme Court found was they invented out of thin air a right to marital privacy. That's not a real right. It's not in the Constitution. I think that people gener generally want privacy in, in their home, in their marriage. But it's not in the Constitution. When they invented this marital privacy, they claimed, oh, and that means you're allowed to use contraceptives if you're married. Well, a couple of years later, the other state-level ban on contraceptives in Massachusetts was challenged, and the Supreme Court said, nope, it's actually not just about marital privacy. It's about total privacy. Anyone has the right to use contraceptives. So what you see in this and what you see with Salon is they are twisting conservatives' words. Here's an, uh, Blake Masters. They put this tweet up to lay claim that conservatives are coming after contraception. Blake Masters wrote on Twitter, had you gone about this ethically responding to someone who claimed that they asked for comment, had you written our real email address uh, more than an hour before publishing, I would have said, I'm pro-life, and of course I don't think contraceptives should be outlawed. In Griswold, the justices wholesale made up a constitutional right to achieve a political outcome. I'm opposed to judges making law. It's the job of legislative branches to make great laws, not the courts. This is separation of powers 101. So, I mean, it, that's true, right? And, and when Roe versus Wade is overturned, you will see states around the country, like Hawaii and California, create, build themselves up to be a place where people can go for abortion. I mean, Hawaii is counting on it. They are actually planning advertisements to entice people to vacation in Hawaii just so they can have an abortion there. This is not a joke. The left is looking to create abortion tourism. Abortion tourism, where you travel around the country, not just have an abortion, but have a good time while you're there. California, hey, have an abortion, go to Disneyland. Hawaii, oh, have an abortion, then go hang on the beach. 
this is coming. This is coming. So we know that states will, will pass these laws. The question is, if a case like Griswold v. Connecticut was overturned, what states out there would ban birth control? I, I don't know one that would. There, there's been lots of fear-mongering claiming that Mississippi or Missouri would do it. Everyone there says, no, we're not interested in doing that. We're not interested in banning birth control. It gets a little bit messier because there are some forms of birth control that can be abortifacient in nature, that if you are taking this kind of birth control um, and you become pregnant, it could actually kill a baby. So it becomes a little messier there, but the general idea of birth control is not being targeted by conservatives, not being targeted by the right. I don't know of a single state legislature that is actively banning birth control. All of the op-eds and the articles I've read, I've read about it show that it's not actually banning birth control. It's taking issue with, with different things, with, with abortion. But that's, those are the lies. Those are the lies that the left spreads. In addition to that, the left is now claiming that it'll go after miscarriage care. If the Supreme Court overturns Roe versus Wade, it will stop women from receiving adequate medical care if they naturally miscarry pregnancy. Argument that they put forward, this is from NBC. Argument they put forward is that because the medicines for miscarriages are the same as the medicines for medical abortions, banning those drugs would prevent people from getting care after a natural miscarriage. Basically, I don't want to get too graphic, but if you suffer a miscarriage, um, these are the same drugs to, that would make sure that nothing left in there. An infection, you don't die. Um, it's heartbreaking. You know people who have suffered miscarriages and uh, really, really heartbreaking. But no conservatives are going after people seeking medical care after a natural miscarriage. They're not. They're just not. The only reason that states are considering banning the drugs themselves from being uh, dispensed or prescribed in state is because there are leftists who are trying to make abortion by mail a thing where you call up a doctor in another state, get them to prescribe you an abortion pill, and then mail it to your home state where that procedure is banned. That's the only reason that states are even considering restricting or banning these drugs. So if the left wasn't trying to push the envelope and, and force abortion into states that don't want it, you wouldn't be having this conversation whatsoever. So those are all of the, the basic parts of the coalition the left is trying to build. It's not just women. They want gays to fear for their very existence. They want black people to fear for their existence. Hispanics to fear for their existence. Liberals as a whole, just because you're afraid of guns, right? I want you to fear that if, if the Supreme Court isn't stopped, EPA will, will be blocked and there'll be rising tides and we'll all drown. I mean, these are the things that they are talking about. They're trying to build this coalition. So it's up to all of us to break the coalition apart. One of the reasons that Joe Biden's poll numbers are doing so horribly is because African-Americans are abandoning him at a record pace. And it's not just that they're abandoning them, abandoning him. Polls are showing more and more that African-Americans aren't just refusing to vote or support Joe Biden. African-Americans are more often espousing conservative ideals. And this is something that um, I talk to people and say, oh, yeah, well, the African-American community is very conservative, but for whatever reason, they have been convinced to vote for Democrats for decades anyway. I mean, you, you go into 
a Baptist church and you talk about abortion, you will find that conservatives have more common with African Americans at Baptist um, at Baptist churches than you would think. Right? You you go into inner city communities and you explain to the African American African Americans what illegal immigration does to wages, wages in their community, how it drives wages down, how it makes it harder for Americans to get some of these jobs because companies are able to hire illegal aliens under the table for less. All of a sudden you start realizing there's a lot of people <laughs> in the African American community who support border restrictions. So it's all there right for the taking. The Democrats are trying to build this coalition. It's up to all of us to bust it, to bust it wide open to be talking about these issues. You see, at the same time that the left is, is screaming at the top of their lungs, there's this push to silence us, not just by censoring us on social media, but also by claiming that, oh, well, no, this isn't a topic that you should talk about. Right? I mean, that's how it's always been presented. Oh, you shouldn't talk about abortion. That's not something that should be talked about. It's private. It's a medical decision. Leave it alone. Well, they can scream from the rooftops at what they think, but we can't express our opinion. So they're trying to shame us into not talking about this while they can monopolize the discussion. So the way we com come about this, the way we combat this is by busting this up. Act actively engaging with these different communities that they are trying to bring under one tent. And the polls, I, I know people don't like polls. I don't like polls. They show a snapshot in time. But when you see over and over and over again, the same trends, it's important to look at it the polls are showing that all of these demographics that the left is trying to build into this grand, great big tent, they are all more and more leaving the Democrat Party, leaving leftism and embracing conservative ideals. So it's, it's right for the taking. But it's up to all of us to be spokespeople. Right? It's, it's not good enough just to say that Joe Biden's bad or Democrats are bad. You have to promote what makes conservatism worth them jumping ship and joining. So we are all those ambassadors. It's up to all of us to not just point out how bad the other side is, but to speak to the merits of conservatism, merits of, of a smaller government that's less intrusive, the merits of things like secure borders. It's up to all of us. And I think we definitely can. Before we end, I want to play a little bit from um, the White House on inflation because they are counting on this coalition that they're building being bigger and more powerful than the average American who's pissed off about how expensive things have gotten. That's what they're counting on. They know they can't beat inflation because in order to beat inflation, Democrats would have to stop spending and they just can't do it. I just saw today that they want to spend another 40 billion, send another 40 billion to Ukraine. Where are we getting that? Where are we getting that money? What's coming from you? Things get a little bit more expensive for you because they're just going to print it out thin air. No, the Democrats can't combat, uh, can't combat inflation because they caused it. Their policies deliberately cause it. This is not a bug. It's a feature. This is what happens when Democrats get in office and are able to just push through their entire agenda without anyone to stop them. Here's Jen Psaki just yesterday defending Joe Biden's inflationary spending. Play cut 20. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, as, as we look ahead to tomorrow's inflation speech, let me ask you to look back at some of the uh, warnings that were issued uh, last year by uh, Summers and Ratner and so on. In retrospect, were they right that the, some of the government policies were going to lead to inflation? 
uh, I wouldn't say we agreed with them then and we don't agree with them now. I would note that um, <clears throat> as it relates to actions like the American Rescue Plan, the alternative to not putting in place and advocating for the American Rescue Plan would have been the economy continuing to spiral, right? We, would, we were providing assistance and relief in the form of checks to people who needed that assistance at the time. So there's an element of truth to it. There were people who felt that they needed money at the time, but the large reason that people needed money is that they weren't allowed to work. Their jobs weren't allowed to be open. So, excuse me, I have to call BS here because the same people who handed out the checks are the ones who were screaming that everything had to close down. So now, yes, I mean, yes, people needed money. There are people who were really struggling and continue to struggle in some areas of the country. But it wasn't just happenstance. These were Democrat policies, Fauci-run policy proposals that led to shutdowns, lockdowns, people losing their jobs over a virus that the CDC now proclaims should just be treated like the flu, something that I was talking about two years ago. Looking at saying, oh, well, these even early uh, mortality rates do not suggest a world-ending plague should be treated like the flu. Now they're finally admitting it. Now the CDC is finally admitting it. But they're not going to admit that everything that they did, everything that they pushed in the last two years, ridiculous. No, they want more. More and more power, more control. But this idea, this idea that no one could have predicted this inflation was ridiculous because as you remember, um, as you remember, when the White House was called out as inflation started ticking up, they called it transitory, transitioning, transitionary. One of those words. Basically saying, oh, it's just going to be temporary. So no, there were people at the time arguing that this inflation was going to be long-lasting and here to stay. But watch Ben Saki claim that, rewrite history, claim that no one could have possibly expected inflation to get bad. We know, if we look at the recent inflation data, a large, depending on which data you look at, two-thirds to even 70% of inflation data is, is a result of energy prices. A, a large part of that is the result, and, and, and Chairman Powell has spoken to this, and Secretary, um, Secretary Yellen has also spoken to this, as a result of President Putin's invasion of Ukraine and the impact on the global energy markets. Those are all steps and impacts that I don't think anyone could have predicted a year ago. So... Yes, we could have. We've seen the Biden administration and other countries take steps to stop Russian oil from making it to market. Joe Biden has taken action against Russian pipelines, in his words, specifically to hurt the Russian economy. To bring the Russian economy to its knees, the petro economy to its knees, and in turn, weaken Vladimir Putin. Those are his words. So no, while no one could have foreseen the Russia-Ukraine bit a year ago, two years ago. We knew that this would get bad because Joe Biden was taking the same approach towards American pipelines that he was taking towards now towards Russian pipelines. So I don't want to hear that no one could have imagined energy prices would go up when the person who just said shutting down a pipeline will hurt the economy just a couple of years ago, just a year ago, deliberately shut down our pipelines. And this is also not to hurt the economy. Yes, it is. You shut down pipelines. You shut down the ability of oil to get to market. You make it harder and harder for oil companies to drill. You make it harder and harder for um, landowners 
to lease out their land to oil companies. You put restrictions to the EPA, making it more expensive for oil drilling to become compliant. I mean, these are all, you shut down Anwar in Alaska, entire area of, of really oil-rich territory. Shut down, no more drilling, no more offshore drilling, no more drilling at all. No more fracking, that's even worse. Yes, we, we could predict this. We knew that gas prices were going to go up and I don't have it prepared, but the graph of gas prices was already sh shooting way up before Russia invaded Ukraine. I mean, that ticked up even faster, but inflation was, was well underway. Rising gas prices were well underway before Russia ever even considered invading Ukraine. So it's time to blame the entire um, oil crisis, the entire inflationary crisis is ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. I was watching, and, and yeah, I mean, much of inflation is related to gas prices because it takes gas to bring goods to market so the goods become more expensive. If gas is more expensive, then it costs more to catch fish because those boats are using gas. Sorry, no sailboats here. I mean, maybe there's some, but mostly aren't. So it costs more to catch the fish. Right? Then it costs more to transport the fish to the grocery stores. So no surprise, you go to buy fish and it's $10 a pound. And you're like, whoa, is this a steak? They just catch some, some cows swimming in the ocean? No, it's, it's just fish. So yeah, gasoline prices are driving much of the inflation. That is very true. But this was entirely predictable. Entirely predictable because Joe Biden took steps to hinder and cut the legs out from under the American oil that he just a year later did to Russia, fully admitting it was designed to hurt their economy, drive up inflation. This is, I mean, it's not a bug, it's a feature. That, that's basically, in, in tech, you have an app, it's doing something, there are bugs, oh, there's bugs, we've got to fix the bugs. This isn't a bug. It is a feature, it is by design. And remember, even if it wasn't, even if all of this just happened to Joe Biden, he's just a good guy, and he couldn't help it. He's doing the best he can to claw out of it, even if that was true. Not, but even if it was true. A week or two ago, Joe Biden at the White House Correspondents' Dinner laughed at this joke. You know, I think ever since you've come into office, things are really looking up. You know, gas is up, rent is up, food is up, <laughs> everything. No, it really clapping, has been. Clapping. A tough first year for you, Mr. President. And, and sure. So the President of the United States just bent over laughing, clapping at the prospect of people not being able to afford to keep a roof over their head, not being able to afford to put gas in the tank to drive to work, not being able to afford to put food on the table, healthy food on the table. None of this is funny. So this is why it's very clear to me, this is not an accident. This is intentional. These were all, Joe Biden wouldn't be laughing about these things if it wasn't intentional, or maybe he's just lost his mind. That's entirely possible. too. Well, that's going to be it for this edition of the Conservative Daily Pod, uh, Max McGuire Show. Again, slipped out this edition of the Max McGuire Show. Um, check out all the links in the description, especially purchase my book um, on Amazon, Conservative's Guide to Winning Every Gun Control Argument. There's also a link for a company that I, an organization I'm working with. The website is abortiontofar.com. Go to abortiontofar.com and sign the petition, please. Help us fight back against this law in California, AB 2223. That's a bill that would basically expand abortion beyond birth to cover certain instances where a baby is killed outside the womb. 
the mother can claim that there's an abortion-related cause like postpartum depression. Um, really evil, evil stuff. So please do head over there and sign that petition to help us stop that barbarism. Also very important for you to go to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star review. Got a troll over there, um, which is fine. I, I, I don't let things get to me. I don't have thin skin in that regard. But the trolls are starting to try and leave me five, uh, one-star reviews to take me down. Uh, the conservative daily, Joe Oltman, following the trolls. Um, so if you like this show, if you want to hear more of it, please do leave a five-star review there and help me climb back up in those rankings. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Podbean, and Audible. So check us out all there. And there is a um, another sponsor. I don't talk about that much, but it's becoming more and more important to do this to stock up. Um, our friends at Prep SOS. Prep SOS, they deal with pre- helping you prepare for disasters. We're, we're starting to go into towards hurricane season. So even if you're not talking about end of the world stuff, just being able to make sure your family has enough food, has enough emergency fuel, eat that food, um, the ability to purify water. Prep SOS is here to help you. Um, I just restocked on all of my survival food from ReadyWise. Um, you can get that there at PrepSOS.com. And make sure you use promo code MAX, M-A-X, and you'll get 5% off your order. Help support the show. And stock up for your family to make sure you are well prepared. What's coming? We all know what's coming. And also, emergency food is going up. All food is going up. So it's hit the emergency food industry. These prices are going up. Pick it up at prepsos.com. Use promo code MAX. Get 5% off. Make sure your family is prepared. So that's it for this edition of the Max McGuire Show. My name is Max McGuire. Remember, everyone, that the fight to take back our country is not over yet. But the only way we win if we all step and fight together. See you tomorrow.